Hi, I'm Corey Hawkins. And I'm Jennifer Fox. And we are Curiously Conscious. On today's episode, we are going to talk about some kind of uh, intense aspects we have going on. You know, one of them is a uh, T-square that's happening that's involving Uranus, Mars, and Saturn. It's pretty hardcore. Foxy's got a whole bunch of T-squares and trines and grand trines to talk about involving our lovely goddess aspects, goddess asteroids. And then we're going to talk about the Cancer New Moon coming up. And then if there's time, we will start talking about a little bit about the Aquarius full moon. Um, But I think there's already a lot. There's a lot to talk about. We might not get there. So first things first, Fox, catch the people up on your life. Last we heard, you were about to put your house for sale. (laughs) Yeah. So I put my house up on the market. 12 hours later, we had an offer, 20,000 over asking. And um, and then, of course, I've been looking for a house in another state and um a couple of days later it was like probably about 9 30 10 o'clock probably 9 30 at night and i got a, a ding on my phone and so i looked and a house had just come on the market in an area that i was looking at and it was um it was really close to where my best friend lives and so i called her and they were out to dinner and i said this house just came on the market there's no pictures i've checked every site i checked realtor.com i checked zillow i checked um century 21's website i checked you know uh trulia i checked all the sites and nobody had pictures yet so i was like i it's really close to your house it sounds amazing i, I said can you drive over and look at it she said we're out to dinner she said but we'll hit it on the way home so i'm googling and googling and googling about this house and then finally I found the initial real estate listing for it six years ago when it first was built. And it was beautiful. The pictures were gorgeous. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been manifesting in my vision journal for like the last three years. It had everything. I wanted three bedrooms, check. Fireplace, check. Nice backyard with trees, check. It had, uh, it's in a gated community. It's um, all the colors I love. It's got a dining room. It's got a family room and a kitchen that are all open. The kitchen is half the house, which is like my dream kitchen. I have a beautiful kitchen now, but this is beyond beautiful, this kitchen. And it had an amazing bedroom with like five floor to ceiling window. I mean, it's just beyond. And it's smaller, (laughs) which is so good for Mm -hmm. me because we have a really big house now and i really want to downsize but it also had the man cave over the garage so which my husband is like well that's not big enough for me i said it's this you could put two cars in there how is it not it should big be enough? big enough <laughs> how is it not big enough he's like i have more room. i have more room now and i'm just like yeah no you don't so so anyway so yeah so it was like exactly so what I, I, that's a nice way of saying i store more things now yeah well that's the whole point of this is we're getting rid of the cement pond that's what i call our utility space in the basement which is like ridiculously large it's like 700 square feet and it's just cement pond room basically and there's just we even have boxes in there from the last time we moved from seattle 15 years ago that we've never opened oh yeah so chances Mm -hmm. are we probably don't need those things don't even open them no we're just moving them along we're calling the hunks with junk to come get them we don't even know what's in them so so but then the don't part, forget they're college hunks with junk <laughs> yes i like my version better but anyway 
so my friend, my friend's like, I, I call her and I was like, oh my God, I just found the pictures. They're amazing. It's exactly what I've been envisioning to my vision journal. And I, and I said, can you please, please, please stop by? And she goes, we're here. She said, but there's a gate and we can't get in. So we're just going to hang out until we can tailgate in there and um, get, get in to see the house. So they waited for somebody. It was getting dark. They're waiting for somebody. And then they like just cruise on in, you know, behind Not creepy them. at all. Not <laughs> super creepy. But so they cruise on in and she gets down there and she's like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And I was like, oh, I was getting the feels. I was like, she was like the hair on my neck is standing up. She goes, I've got the chill bumps, you know, the whole shebang. And I was getting all like chill bump. It's like 10 o'clock, 1030 at night by this time. And so, and so we were like, we've got to get in to see it. So I called the real estate agent that I've been working with down there. And she's like, well, I'm booked tomorrow. I'm super busy. I'm like, oh, well, gee, don't, don't let me put you out or anything. But I said, I don't think this house is going to last. I said, I need to get my friends in there tomorrow to see it. So she said she probably couldn't do that. And so um, my friend's husband knows her boss. So he called her boss and her boss, her boss got them in. And uh, while they were there, um, he said they just got an offer over asking. And so it was literally like, it was just so crazy how it happened. It was basically, um, my friend's husband used to be a, a, an appraiser. He's not anymore, but he was like appraising the house for us. And he's like, we're going to waive the appraisal. We're going to offer them cash. We're going to go over asking, blah, 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 blah. So the long and the short of it is my friend and her husband are buying this house. And then they're going to turn around and three days after they purchase it and they're going to sell it to us. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. that's not the universe providing for you, I don't know what is. And there was like a weird little hiccup thing happening at one point and, and she's like texting me, I want you to go to bed. I want you to get some sleep. I want you to know that her husband's name is Michael. He's, he's, you know, blonde and blue eyed and he's just he's he's a fighter so he always reminds me of the archangel michael who he's, he's i was just gonna say it as soon as you said his name i thought of yeah. michael's fiery sword just cutting blue. the way for you yes and he loves blue he's a very blue person his his um his aura his auric field is very blue and he i've known him since he was 17 we're really we've known each other for, he's like my brother and she said she said michael will find a way do not worry, we will find a way to get this done. And so the next day she's like, it's, we're handling it, it's getting done. I literally flew down the next day to see the house. I hadn't seen the house in person. And I went and I walked in the house and it was so beautiful because the woman who owns the house currently was there and she was adorable. She was like a gilf, you know, like, like a milf, but a gilf, she was a gilf. And um, she was oh, is really, that a grandma. Yes, she's a <laughs> okay. Just checking. So like that, she can stand for anything. <laughs> she was so pretty, and she was so sweet, and she had a tremendous amount of really beautiful Native American art on on her walls, like authentic pieces. And of course, Joel, my husband, is Native American, and so that that just made me feel good. And mm -hmm. so she took me, she's like, she introduced herself. And I, I kind of like to meet people who've lived in how I, I like that. Some people don't, but I do. So she introduced herself. She walked, she toured me through the house. We talked about her art. I talked about, you know, the stuff that we had, cause we have some pieces too. And it just, it was a really, it was just a really good feeling. And I, I just felt 
I just felt really comfortable. And then I was supposed to go down there and look at all these houses. And I was like, no, this is it. We're not, I don't need to see anything else. This is it. And it was just one. And everybody in the flipping neighborhood, they don't know you, but everybody waves at you and says, hi. It's like, it's just like so different from where I'm at. I mean, I'm in the Midwest and people are friendly, but our neighborhood isn't like that. We have a lot of new people and people just give you like the stink eye. It's like, hello, I'm your neighbor. Just say hi and smile as I walk past. Hello, you know? So it, it just such a different vibe. And I just really, I was really happy about it. So I feel so incredibly fortunate and everything is just kind of like, literally we had the inspection for that house the same day we had the inspection for the house that we're leaving. And uh, it just like, everything's like been so synchronistic. It's been, I really feel like when we moved from Seattle to Indiana, it happened like that. things just rolled and rolled and rolled. I really felt yeah. like I was in the vortex, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely getting vortex vibes right now, so. Lots of yeah, and my house number adds up to one and my <laughs> friend, my friend's new house number. Cause she also bought a new house. Her, her house number adds up to 11. Oh, so one, one, one. Anyway. Yes. That's very good. Very good. Yeah. I had that vibe when I moved to Seattle, it was like the odds were against me. I was so young. I had like 600 bucks and a car. Like my father was losing his mind. Um, but like everything just fell in place. I had a place to live. I got a job. I mean, it was just boom, 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 boom. And that was a really special time. So I'm happy for you. That eclipse just like shoved you through into a new reality quite nicely. Girl, I went <laughs> kicking and screaming. I'm not going to lie. Um, because that, that eclipse, that total, uh, lunar eclipse was right on top of my ascendant. And, um, I, I, it was kind of like, this is probably not a good analogy, but I was like Mr. Hanky in the toilet and the, the, the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? What like, is Mr. Hanky? Lips like flushed me. <laughs> Did it have to flush twice? What is Mr. Hanky? Are you just referring Mr. to some Hanky TV? is, um, uh, I think it's, um, is it Carson? Is it Car Carson on uh, South Park? Is it Carson? The little fat guy who eats all the time. Oh, I don't know. I don't watch South Park. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what he calls his poo. He calls him Mr. Hanky. Oh. <laughs> and so Mr. Hanky does sings and dances and puts on, you know, Christmas shows and things like that sometimes. But um, but anyway, so he, you know, sometimes he flushes Mr. Hanky. Anyway, uh, I literally felt like Mr. Hanky. So that's probably. Okay. Him. Well. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for having that make sense for me because I was completely lost there. You gotta okay. watch South Park, girl. You gotta watch it. You know what? It just doesn't. I don't. I don't know. It just never spoke to me. Um, and I feel like a snob, being like, I don't watch South Park. Like it's like I'm too good for it. I'm not too. I just. It's there's certain brands of humor I just don't. I have really low brand. I have what my husband calls low brow humor issues. I love anything that is like. I, I love bathroom humor. I think it's because I was raised uh, with boys and there were no girls in my family. And I had like five boy cousins and two brothers and I spent a lot of time with the guys. And so that kind of stuff, you know, that stuff just makes me laugh so hard until I cry. So, yeah. I think that a lot of the lowbrow humor, and I go, it like, 
I get really bad third party embarrassment. So there's a lot of times where, you know, potty humor or like quote unquote lowbrow humor is embarrassing for the characters involved. And I experience it. Like, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like the office, <gasps> watching the office, Michael Scott is like, I can't, I can't, at least, oh, it makes me like, I get anxious. I have to turn it off. So well, that happens to me around strippers. I've never been able to go to like a strip thing. Like anytime one of my girlfriends got married and we ended up at a strip club, I was always like, oh my gosh. And they, and so as soon as they see you doing that, you're the first one they come after. Right. And yes. I'm just like, do not touch me. Do not touch me. Yeah. I don't like strippers and uh, I didn't no. like college either. So we, we have things in college from time to time in our sorority and stuff. And uh, I never was the fan of the stripper situation. No, no, me neither. I've been to two strip clubs in my life and both times were a horrifying experience. And both times like the strippers really aggressive. They want your yes. money. I'm like, dude, this is rapey. Get the fuck away from me. Yes. The best stripper story I have, though, was this guy was auditioning. This was when I was in college. This guy was auditioning, and it was back in the days of Michael Jackson. So this is dating me. It was a really long time ago. And he was dressed. He, he was a, an, a Caucasian man with a mullet, uh, dressed like Michael Jackson. Um, and he had, like, the sparkly socks with the penny loafers. And he had a, a pink oxford cloth shirt with the button collar and like the you know the knitted tie and he had the michael jackson glove that matches sparkly socks and he was auditioning and so there were tables and it was like it was like a giant eight person table and he was in the middle auditioning so he was dancing very poorly with white man's overbite and um when he was trying to take his pants off it was like his, he forgot to take his shoes off. And so like the pants got stuck on his penny loafers and there was a lot of this kind of like thing happening. Like, you know, like it reminded me of that scene in Greece where they're doing the, you know, anyway. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that to the listener, but yeah. It was, it was the worst. They were doing the, the hand jive that when they were dancing. The oh, hand yes, jive. yes. At the high school dance and they kind of ran out of things to do. So they just started doing like, I don't know what you call that, but they, but it was like the hand jive dance. But hand anyway, jive. it was, that was the only time I've ever enjoyed a stripper and he was pretty much fully clothed. So <laughs> it was the worst stripper ever. Oh my God. So you enjoy other people's embarrassment. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I just, I, I, I just, oh, I don't know. I, I remember my friend was pregnant at the, the same strip club and the stripper, you know, he had really long hair and he was super tan, super buff. And he had like this Indian loincloth on with like beads hanging on. It was gross. And he saw me and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And so he came up to me and started flipping his beads at me. And, was, and he was like all over me. And I was like, I go, the bride is over there. And he, he looked at me and he said, you don't recognize me, do you? He was some guy that I had gone to like, um, the school that I, I went to, uh, we would pair up with the, the fraternities for different events. One of the events, the big event, I went to Ball State University, which is where David Letterman went. And um, we had watermelon bust every year and watermelon bust was like a big deal. It was basically, you filled up watermelon with alcohol and then you drank them. Um, and I think you raised money for something, but I don't remember that part. But 
um, I went to watermelon bust with this guy and he was like, you know, super short hair and a little, you know, preppy clothes and stuff, but he had like full on long hair. He was a stripper at a bar. I was like, oh my God. I was like, Tom, is that you? And then I was like, oh my God. I was so, so I just don't have a good track record with strippers. Then I started attacking my friend and she was pregnant. She was like, oh my God, he was touching my belly. <laughs> It was not a, it was not a good night for for us in, in at the strip joint. I went so um, two times I've been once was at somebody else's bachelorette party in Vegas and it was a huge strip club and these guys were like professional I ended up getting up and leaving because no they were professional but they were professional hustlers like they were trying to get your money and I'm like I so I ended up leaving and just waiting outside because I'm like this is making me too uncomfortable and then the other time was for my bachelorette party when I married Brian. <laughs> I was seven and a half months pregnant and it was just disgusting it was the most it was a strip club over there in Ballard I wish I could remember the name of it I can't it believe disgusting. it was a strip club in Ballard that's crazy yeah it's well it's on Aurora Ave so there's that oh it's well there just, you go there you go no, no, no. Actually, I think it's on Greenwood anyway it doesn't matter um yeah, it, the one guy had like a piercing on his thing and he had it on a chain and it smelled so bad in there. <laughs> My pregnant nose could smell everything. Everything, yeah. Oh, so oh. I was like, yeah, so that was a bust. But I just, you know, that kind of thing doesn't. I mean, you know what? I, anyway. if I, if I, had a, I had a couple of bachelorette parties, but they were really, they were really prim and proper. You know, like we had tea and we had like, like a formal tea with cakes and little sandwiches and everybody bought me something, you know, very cute and wonderful. Uh, but I've, I, I've never, like, I, I've never wanted that full. I mean, if you, if I was, if somebody was going to throw a, a, you know, a bachelorette party for me, I would like, let's, you know, let's go to TJ Maxx. Let's close down TJ Maxx and go shopping. That's what I would want. I mean, <laughs> I'm really boring. Oh. That's what that, I was no, like, that would be super fun though. TJ Maxx and just like, you know, own the store for, for a couple of hours. That would be awesome to me. That would be a lot of fun. With no Ooh, I used to have with no strippers. no strippers. What was, there was like a movie where these kids ended up like trapped in a mall overnight. God, I wish I could remember what it was. No mall rats. And that mall, I used to live right around the corner from that mall in Minnesota where they filmed that. Oh, I, I that's like a fantasy of mine is that to be used stuck to be in a my mall, mall. that was my mall and, you know, I think, i'm trying to think who's in that movie i think ben that's one of ben affleck's first movies i think oh my goodness i think um silent bob and um that jay and silent bob are in that movie mm -hmm. and they were actually filming that when i lived that's the eden prairie mall in minneapolis and i lived in eden prairie at the time and it's really close to where Prince lives because it's out mm. by Sanhassen and that's where Paisley Park is. And so oh, no. they were filming that at night. So at night they would close the mall down early and they would film all night long in the mall until the early morning. And then they would all go, you know, go sleep. And then the, the mall would open up and people would go shopping in the mall during the day. It was so crazy. Went on for like three yeah. months. Yeah, that was a fantasy I used to have as a kid is being like trapped in the mall and being able to just try on everything and listen to every record. Oh, and... jump on the beds, right? At the yeah. store. <laughs> That's what I want to do is go jump on the beds. Yes, yes. 
All right. Well, let's start talking some astrology. Okay. Let's talk astrology. All right. Let's talk astrology. So that we've, so we've had this T-square with um, Mars opposed Saturn and them both square Uranus. And that's kind of, well, the Saturn square Uranus has been a thing all year, but Mars getting involved. See, we started to feel that the beginning of last week, probably keep feeling that for another week. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, Venus is right behind Mars. So Venus is going to take over when Mars leaves to be I'm excited that. about that. I'll be honest I'm with ex- you. I'm loving this T-square. It's like, it's just like breaking down barriers for me. I mean, the great thing about a T-square, which let's just explain what a T-square is. A T-square is when you have an opposition and that opposition, those two elements of that opposition, in this case, it would be um, Mars and Saturn. They are, um, they are T-squaring, what are they T-squaring, Corey? They're T-squaring Uranus. Uranus. Mm-hmm. So, so they're, they're, they're each squaring up. So it creates like, I think it's an isosceles triangle, but the way out is through the top of the triangle and the top of this triangle is Uranus. And so Uranus is about, you know, moving forward. It's about electricity. It's about surprises. It's about changes. It's about flexibility. It's kind of like, I, I, I like Uranus because I always think he's like, I think of him as the miracle maker. I think he's the guy who makes a way when there's no way, right? He's, he's the guy who makes a way. So for me to have the passion and the fire and the determination of the warrior spirit of Mars with Saturn, which is about stability. And then you have Uranus saying, no, we're going to break down the stability in the tradition. We're going to move forward. It's almost like those two guys together are like chocolate and peanut butter, like two great tastes that taste great together. I like a square with Uranus and Mars. It is not for the faint of heart, but um, if you're ready to rock and roll, if you're ready to put on the ACDC full blast and just rock the heck out, I think Uranus square Mars is the way to go. The great part about Saturn, at least in my vision, is that Saturn, again, Saturn provides stability. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like if your parents let you throw a huge kegger at the house, but they made sure that everybody spent the night and nobody could leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's that kind of a thing. It's like, we're going to have this awesome party. We're going to rock the night away. We're going to get totally wasted, but nobody can leave. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, what it, what is that? Uh, 16 candles when they're at Jake's house and you know, everybody's like, they just trash that house. Of course, Jake's parents weren't home, but Jake's just kind of like, whatever, go ahead, trash my house. But it was like, he, you know, all these people were like drunk and asleep in his house in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So where is this happening for you? What houses are this for you? Well, uh, Uranus is in my fifth house of fun, which is probably why I'm enjoying it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mars is in my, Mars is almost conjunct my, my, my moon, which also makes me like feel good about this stuff. And then Saturn for Aquarius, Aquarius is in, um, my second house. And so having, uh, having Saturn in my second house, I was concerned about how that would be but everything's worked out. I mean, just like the, with the house, it was just like, there would have been no way for us unless we would have bid up a lot more. 
um, for this house. And of course, you know, the market's so crazy right now, people are buying houses really at inflated prices. And the, the challenge is, is once the market turns around and slows down a little bit, you know, you're really gonna have to live in that house for a long time to realize the value that you're you're placing on that house. And so we sure. were we were not in that position because we were able to come in with a cash offer. Well, we were we came in with a cash offer because my friends just sold a really big house and they could do that for us. And the fact that they would do that for us, everybody's like, I can't believe they would do that for you. And I'm like, you don't understand. I mean, she and I were born basically 12 hours apart. We were in the maternity ward together. We've grown up our whole lives together. They've been dating since they were 16. And, you know, I've known him since forever. I mean, I knew him before I knew my husband. They introduced me to my husband. He used to work with my husband. I mean, so we, we've known each other for so long. It's just like, you know, we're not worried about but it. I think it's more than that, Foxy. I think that you're discounting who you are because, you know, as you said, like who would I would do it for you if I had the money, which I don't, well, but I if I did, I would totally I would do, do that for you because I trust you. I think that you're trustworthy and I know you would never screw me over. Like I, that's not even in the realm of possibility. I'm not capable. So I, I'm not capable. Right. So, but that's how, like, I'm sure your friend has known people for a very long time that she wouldn't do that for because you've earned that privilege. You've we, earned that space. But we, we hatched a plan. And so this is something that I really wanted to talk about. You in need to acknowledge what I just said to you. you I need to be like, yes, I, I did I acknowledge this. I've got my love shirt on today, but here's what I want to say about that. When you, when you have two Capricorns colluding, there is There's nothing, like, wow. there's nothing <laughs> we cannot do. Because mm -hmm. she's, I'm a Sagittarius ascendant. She's a, she's an Aries ascendant. She is a Cancer. She's a Cancer moon. I'm a Leo moon. So we've got a lot of love, a lot of nurturing going on there, and it all, all throughout my life, all throughout my life, she's always had my back. When I got cancer, she dropped everything. She had two small kids. Her daughter just broke her collarbone. She dropped everything and flew across the country to take care of not just me, but also Mr. Fox, who wasn't handling it well. By the time she left, I had like 36 frozen meals in my freezer. My house was clean from top to bottom and she had refinanced our house. I mean, she's just like, she's like Mary Poppins. That's probably why I have this Mary Poppins thing. And I love Virgo Moon so much because she's like, she, she can get her done. So we hatched a plan. And this plan we hatched happened around our birthday because we really hadn't seen each other. And it was because of COVID. And every time we would, we would get together, we would just be so excited to see each other. We'd just be crying. And then when we had to go to the airport, we'd just be crying. And I was just like, you know what? We haven't lived in the same city, same state for 25 years, for longer than I've been married. And I'm like, I just want to like hang out. I just want to spend time with you and 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 after this last year and us not being able to see each other but then she like she surprised me and like flew up for my birthday which is like the day before her birthday so it was really for our birthdays um and we re we remodeled my bathroom i mean that's because that's what the kind of shit we do when we get together and I, she was just like we just need to find she goes we need to find a way it was actually her fault she she hatched the plan she's like we need to find a way to do this 
she said, she said, we're going to, we're going to make this work. And she's so cute too, because she's like, we've got to find a way to make this really valuable for Joel. So she has all of these things. She has a list for Joel of things that we're going to make happen for Joel so that he's happy with the move. She's so cute. And yeah, I mean, she's just like, she's like, oh, the rugs you want for your house are on sale. She's like, order them and have them sent to my house. I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy. And her house is 11 minutes from my house door to door. So <laughs> it's just, it's just like that kind of stuff. It's like when you put, it's like, I, I said this to Joel about a month ago. I said, this is happening. And I said, you know why this is happening? This is happening because two Capricorns have hatched a plan and come hell or high water, we're going to make it happen. And the cancer moon, the cancer moon is like really close to where her moon is. And so I really feel like, I really feel like this is like, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes down. Yeah. I have not enjoyed this T-square as much as you have. Tell me, tell me what your experience of it is. And so that, and I think that's important to note. It's really important to look and see where these things are happening in your chart, because they will tell you how you're going to experience the energy. This is not easy energy. This is rough. This is like whitewater rafting for the soul. That's what it is. Yeah. So for me, this is happening in my, um, so I have Saturn in my fourth house and Mars in my 10th house. And Uranus in my seventh house. So those are to me like that axis, that 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 Cancer Capricorn axis is a challenge for me. Um and so I think how it's showing up, and I just actually kind of put it all together as I was getting ready for this call, is that um I think for me this is all about boundaries. I am experiencing a change with this um Saturn square Uranus. I've been experiencing it all year. It involves my home and family and my contractual relationships, my marriage, my relationship sector. Um, And I think what Saturn is doing is saying you're changing and you need some boundaries. I have never had boundaries. I have either not had boundaries as a result of trauma that lead, left me afraid of abandonment. Like if I put up a boundary, it's the same as giving an ultimatum and I will, would not be worth that ultimatum. People, w- I would ultimately be abandoned. So there was a lot of trauma for me around boundaries. That and the fact that I, you know, I've got mutable sun, Mercury, Venus, and I have a Libra rising and Libra risings want to keep the peace and the harmony harmony I said that funny harmony um and so that yeah that's not a good recipe for somebody with stable solid boundaries can I make an observance of course you can so speaking of boundaries our dear sweet Chericlo who is Chiron's wife and she holds space she is going through Aquarius right now and she has retrograded and she is all about redefining, resetting, reevaluating your boundaries while she's moving through Aquarius pretty much all freaking year. So now, you know, she is at two degrees of Aquarius and she is, um, she's actually. And so she's conjunct my natal Jupiter just. And she Helping is. hold space for growth and expansion. She is quincunxing. <laughs> Medusa, which is transformation through fear. 
I am transforming through rage. <laughs> so and you can you can have rage and fear together. Absolutely. That is true. That is true. So yeah, what I'm finding is that I think Saturn wants me to put structures in place for boundaries. Saturn is saying, you know, you need to stop being quite so nebulous with what you're willing to accept and settle for. You need to put up some structures. And then I think that now that Mars has become part of this whole thing, that it's my anger that's showing me where I need to put up boundaries. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I think it has that pendulum effect where, you know, you become too much of something and then too little of something and then too much of something until it finally settles down in the middle. So this, like, I have almost like an explosive want to be like, get off that boundary, get off of it. Don't do that. Rah, rah, rah. Um, and so I'm just having to be very kind to myself. We like, you know, Corey, that you're having this experience for a reason. This is your, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay for you to actually be angry. It's okay for you to say no and forcefully it's not a comfortable thing at all. And, um, yeah, Mars is waking me up every morning. Like, what are you pissed about today? Well, and I, it's very out of character. It is very out of character for you, but I, I want to say this. I'm glad that you're being patient with yourself because I think some of this anger that you're probably experiencing is part of the, your Chiron wound. And I think part of that is releasing. I always think whenever, whenever Chericlo is involved, there's some wound healing because she's holding the space for Chiron to allow the wound to surface a little bit. And, you know, a lot of us tamp that wound down because when we have to face it, it's just like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. So that's why it takes us our whole life to work on that wound. We keep working towards it. I don't, I don't know that anybody ever truly heals their Chiron wound, but it's certainly one of the quests that we have while we're here. And those of us who work on it more than others, oftentimes when we have the Chiron return about 50-51, um, the return, the Chiron return is is always challenging, but it it somewhat eased, I think, if you've allowed that to work to do some work yeah but i think yeah. you're doing i think you're doing the work girl you're doing the work and you're like i'd are like you, to hope so you're getting ready for that chiron return aren't you yeah i'm like two degrees away from my chiron return that would i you're at the beginning of it i would say yeah yeah well and so the other night when we were having the astro 101 um zoom and you were like you know, Corey, you want to say something about the moons? And I was like, no, no. You throw that at me. That was like this whole, like, I'm feeling your rage, but I, I don't, but I'm, here's not, the thing. I'm not offended by it. I'm like, bring it on. I'm here to hold space for you. Just like Chericlo. Thank you. You'd be my Chericlo. You need to make that a t-shirt. I'll be your Chericlo. Oh, your Chericlo. I love that. Corey, that's good. But Trademark. listen, I had Trademark. just, I had just, <laughs> And so we were looking at the, the chart and you know what, I've been making the mistake of looking at the astro charts too much, astro-charts.com. They're pretty it's user-friendly, so but it, yeah, but the, they, it lacks. And the fact that they never include the South node is a big problem. So I had pulled up my chart on astro.com and I was like, holy shit. You know, just before, like two seconds before you said that, I was like, wait a minute, I've got this massive T-square happening in conjunction with this new moon coming up that mm -hmm. involves my nodes and Chiron. And then all of a sudden I was like, how did I not know that I had this T-square always between my nodes and Chiron? How is this even happening? And then you were like, Corey, and I was like, no, oh my God, I'm having an existential crisis right now. <laughs> well, here's what I want to say to you is there, okay, a sure sign that you're an astrologer 
is that you're always the last to know what the hell's going on in your own chart because you're so busy looking at the main chart and looking at your clients charts and looking at your friends charts that I look at my dog's charts. I mean, I am so like looking at everybody else's stuff that when I look at my own stuff, it's almost like, oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going on? And, uh, and I wonder too, if it's one of those things that I hadn't really noticed it previously, I'm noticing it now because of how much it's being activated by this moon cycle. Right. And I, and, think you know, I think that's true. I yeah. think aspects come to your consciousness awareness when they really start to be move, make an issue, a move a on thing. your consciousness, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I can, like, I saw all these correlations between this T-square that we're experiencing and this lunation. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much Capricorn, Cancer, Aries stuff being activated for me right now that I'm like, I la, 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 la. But I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it because I do have faith that that I'm guiding myself. Like my higher self is saying, this is what you got to do. And there is a carrot at the end of the stick and you're going to get that carrot and you're going to, it's going to be the best carrot you've ever eaten. Yes. So. Yes, I love that. So here's what I want up. to say. <laughs> I, I know that you're like focused on certain things, but you know, I've noticed that you've been, your boundaries have been getting tested by lots of people over the last several months, particularly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's not just about, you know, oftentimes we think of the seventh house as the house of marriage, but the seventh house is really your relationship with other people. And so that includes yeah. your children, your family, your friends, people that are acquaintances. So, so I think that that is really being challenged for you. And I, I, I actually called you when I was out of state because some, so, something happened okay. And I, I just wanted to call a check in with you because I knew you were having a lot of Medusa moments. And I just, I just wanted you to know that it was okay. And that I was holding space for you. And then I saw what was happening. And, you know, I think, I think it's kind of like justice. It's like you want justice, but you're like, does nobody else see what's happening? I see what's happening. And I, I acknowledge that for you. So I just want you to know that I'm totally holding that space for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, one of the things that I'm learning as well is, you know, I, I don't have to be impacted by the things that other people say and the things that other people do. Who yeah. do I think I am is the question. It's like, yes. who do I think I am? And how, why should that shit affect me? I am a boss ass bitch. I don't need you know, validation. I don't need comparisons. I don't need any of that. Want to come at me? I don't have to come back at you. <laughs> like, I don't like, well, I'm on choice. hundred percent. That is Terraclow working in your favor because you have established a boundary and you have set one for yourself. And you realize yeah. that your worth is determined by you and you alone and if somebody else, you know, I think it, it took me a long time and I still have challenges with it uh, to see people who, you know, um, you do something and it's your thing. And it's, it's hard when somebody else tries to move in on your thing and then you realize, oh, how do I take that as a compliment and realize mm -hmm. that that thing that I created has a life outside of me. And that, that person who's, who's maybe riffing on my, my thing is that's, you know, it's never going to be like yours. Cause it's got different energy attached to it. 
and and, it, and it's like no different than you know do you buy the original or do you get the generic well if you want the generic then then that's what you want but if you want the, the if you want the og you're gonna go where you need to get the og you know what i'm saying yeah well it's tough because you know coming into starting off as a professional in a field that there are millions of people literally millions of people doing the exact same work it's like you know i i know people i have good friends that are like how do i make myself be original how do i make myself stand out you know and i don't want to be that person i don't want to i i just want to do what i do I don't want to think about like, oh, how can I stand out? How can I be better than? I just want to express what I'm doing. Right. And if people like it, great. If they don't, you know, I don't have, I'm not in a situation where I'm desperate for money. If I was, I'd go get a damn job with a paycheck. Like I wouldn't try to generate income doing this work. Um, but, you know, it really is like I have to trust that it's just about my self-expression. I don't have to figure out how to be different. I don't have to figure out my niche. I just have to do it express what's inside well, of me you are you are yourself and there's nobody like you in the world and yeah. you know um i remember god years ago god years ago it's probably 20 years ago you gave me a tarot card reading with your fairy cards i love and those cards i don't read i don't use those for other people fyi because they're well, a little creepy yeah they are <laughs> people creepy. like what the hell is that and i was gonna say i am still haunted by that reading 20 years later because that reading was uh, at a really particular time in my life and and you really that was like one of the first times you started reading cards and for other people yeah I, mm -hmm. I have been reading cards for a very long time but i was really I was really impressed and I was really moved and I was really impacted for, I mean, generationally impacted by that reading. And so, you know, um, you know, I just, I think that you are who you are, you're uniquely you, and there's nobody who can do what you do. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all looking at the same stuff. We just see it different ways and we have different guides that are, you know, whispering in our ear. We have different you know, things that we see when we look at a chart. So my interpretation of a chart may be different than yours, but your interpretation may add to mine. So I, I, I don't like, I don't like competition. I don't like to compete with anybody but myself. And I think there's room at the table for lots of people. I, I will say this though, when I first started, when I first started with, you know, putting my shingle out there um, on, on social media, this was probably, gosh, almost five years ago now. And, you know, every time I came up with, you know me, I'm a little, I'm a little bit goofy and kitschy, but every time I come up with like some kind of a tagline or I'd put out a meme with something cute on it, like, you know, Venus is my home girl, which goes back a long way for you and me. Cause we, we, yes, it does. The Mary is my home girl, which you were kind of my inspiration for that. So I couldn't uh, get my left thigh in that shirt anymore. <laughs> I kept it for a long time, Foxy, but I was like, I, I need to pass shirt. this along because uh, yeah. So somebody out there has that t-shirt and it's unfortunately not me. It was so perfect though. I loved it so much. Yeah. So, uh, so I used to, what was it that I used to say that you used to always be like, don't say that Fox. It had something to do with, I would, I can't remember. It had something to do with God or something. And I would say, I don't, I, I don't know. No, and you would always call Mary the Holy Goalie. And I'm like, don't do the that. The Holy Goalie, that was it. Well, don't do that. That's disrespecting Mary. Well, it's like, you know where you see those Marys in people's yard and they look like they're- And they like, are. 
but yeah, I was able to put that in a good context because you actually do want Mary to be your holy goalie. She's Absolutely. keeping shit from you. <laughs> she's got to keep the puck out of my out of my net. But it was just so funny because, um, you know, when I came up with the the phrase Venus is my home girl, it was based off of the T-shirt I bought you years ago. And then somebody started using that and they started like they actually had a um, an Instagram account called that. And I didn't notice it, but somebody who's an astrologer friend of mine did. And, you know, she made a big stink about it. And I was like, you know what? It's not, I don't, I haven't trained. It's not like I own that. It's like, you know, but you know, it's like, and then you have to think, you know, maybe I should just think of this as like flattery because, you know, if they think what I'm doing is cool, I must be doing something right. Right. Yes. All right. And that, and that kind of plays into this cancer moon because it's really, I think this moon is about power. I think it's about, it's about realizing your internal power and understanding how external power is impacting that. And I think, you know, I see like when I go to the store now, like nobody's wearing a mask, even though it's recommended, nobody, nobody wants a mask on their face. That's about half and half here. Oh, well, when I went to, I went to the pet store the other day and this lady came out of nowhere, this, this older woman. And she looked at me and she said, hi, dear, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And she goes, isn't it so much better without the masks? <laughs> she was like well, walking, yes, around, walking around the pet store, you know, just saying hi to people. Cause she just was so glad to be outside doing stuff. And I really think for those folks that are in their seventies and, you know, I think that they've lost out on a lot in the last year and a half. And I, I see a lot of older folks out um, and they just seem to be really enjoying, like people are saying hi to you at the store. And I dropped something off my cart and this guy like came after me and handed it to me. It was just like, people have been really nice. And I just think people are just so glad to, to have things starting to normal. Yeah. Feel normal. Yeah. Like see a a whole face, you know? Do you know, God, I wish I could remember what it's called. It's um, like something fascia forma, something fascial, something. It's a part of your brain that exists to reward you. Yes. But it like you experience some, like a kind of chemical reward when you see people's faces so that my sister is you know a psychologist or actually she's a clinical social worker but her background is in psychology um and you know she had her and I had a whole long discussion about how that you know being deprived of that chemical reward can lead to depression so just seeing a whole face here in Washington it's a whole different vibe because you know there's still so much there's a lot of political tension around here and understandably so I'm not minimizing it or saying that it's wrong but um you know I went to the grocery store the other day and I would say a little more than half of the people were still wearing masks half of the employees were still wearing masks but the people who weren't wearing masks had this face on them like come at me bitch like don't say a thing about my maskless face I was (laughs) it's like damn, you're not wearing a mask. You don't have to look so angry. It was like very, like this very defensiveness to them. And, and it's understandable. I, and I, I get it. I get it. But it was, it was not, I put on a mask just so I could cover up the fact that I was like looking around horrified at how like, (laughs) what is 
happening here? <laughs> Let me get the hell out of here. <laughs> so well, we have I, a little bit of ways to go before people are a little bit more jovial about what's happening. But I think that plays into this T-square for sure, because you've got Saturn, you know, holding down the the laws and then you've got Uranus be with Mars going hell no we're doing what we want and at first the first time I went to the grocery store and I had a mask on and nobody at the grocery store who worked there had one on and even though the sign at the beginning of the building said recommended and I I was literally the only person that I saw in the store with a mask the only one and then I was like well I'm not taking it off now I'm just gonna leave it and you know but when I went, when I went to the South, no masks, none, never, none, nothing. It was just like a regular day. And, um, it was, it was really enjoyable and people were friendly and people said hi and people talked to you. And, you know, I really, I just felt like after I came home from being down there, I just felt so much lighter. Uh, I, I really think that 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 has had a huge effect on me, and and I didn't realize it. Yeah, well, just being able to socialize freely and without as much fear. Um, but well, you know, part of me is like, yay! I hate those masks. I have really bad claustrophobia. Like, yeah, I and do. it all is around breathing hot air like yes. if it's hot used air i get freaked out like i don't like to have the sheets over my head for any reason i don't yeah. so i've had to stretch personally to be able to wear the mask for long enough to be in the grocery store when the pandemic first started i mean i would come out of that grocery store and tear that thing off my face and be like <sighs> like i'm sweating and panic stricken so that was hot um you know, but I've, I've gotten past that. So part of me is like, yeah, I'm so glad. I mean, like, I'm going to go visit with some friends later today. We're going to have a little happy hour. We'll still probably maintain some social distance a little bit, but we don't have to worry about masks. It's so much freer and easier and more fun. And on the flip side of that, I'm like, look, I hope all this merriment doesn't lead to us having restrictions again. <laughs> so like, that well, would be a real bummer. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because you know, uh, during this, um, during this moon, we've got the moon and the sun at 18 degrees of cancer. They are within the seven degrees of 25 degrees. So they are actually opposing um, Pluto. And, um, you know, there's, you know, Pluto's about power. Pluto's about transitioning, transformation. And I, I really think that we're we're going to be experiencing power shifts and of course cancer rules the fourth house in the main chart which is home and family and so because of this time of year you know cancer's this the summer kicks off the summer and that's where we start to maybe go visit grandma and grandpa or we go to the beach and we have our picnics we have our family cookouts so i think that you know as we start to feel more comfortable in our our family units I think it's going to push out and, and it'll be interesting to see how the vaccinations, um, you know, hold up to this stuff. But I, really, I think this is the first real step for us this weekend, even in, in really getting that um, that herd immunity going. I mean, at some point you have to like rip off the bandage and go. And yeah, I think this that's is true. It. I think this is it. So that's true. Well, we'll see. Fingers 
friggin' crossed. I my optimism is um, measured. I have measured optimism, which I guess isn't really optimism. <laughs> it's pessimistic <laughs> optimism. But that mm-hmm. sounds like that's on Saturn and Uranus square right there. What you just said. That's so yeah. Saturn and Uranus square. Yes, so, yes, so yes. We're gonna feel we're gonna feel this T square now. This T this this T square was ex- well. The opposition with with Saturn was was exact on Thursday. So I personally felt it building to Thursday. And so by the time it came on Thursday, I felt like I kind of had gotten over the hump. But some people might still be on the hump or getting to the hump right now. And then, of course, you know, Venus is coming in behind Mars. Uh, she's coming in hot. And uh, <laughs> you know, she, I love Venus in Leo. But I think Venus and Leo, you know, Leo is a very big hearted, magnanimous sign. And even though Leos oftentimes have a great ego to go with that great heart, they they oftentimes will give you the shirt off their back. They are very wow. generous people. Until and they're not. Do not cross a Leo. Yeah, until they're not. They exactly. will write your shit off. Boom. But, done. but at the same time, you know, Leo is heart and Aquarius, which is it's, you know, across the the um, zodiac from Leo is Aquarius. And so they're on the same axis. They're they're polarities. So you've got the heart and you've got the the group, you've got the, the people. And so I think that this, you know, this energy of Mars and Venus uh, with Saturn and Chiriclo down there in Aquarius, and also you've got Pluto and the sun and the moon. I just think it's it's really kind of about there will be I think some power issues and a and and some of it may be people taking back their power like maybe the power has changed over the course of the last year and a half and maybe it's really about I mean I see you as one of those people really starting to take back their power and really hold on to some boundaries determine what those boundaries are now and how they need to change and and be flexible and and then I also see it as people, you know, just like powering through some stuff. I think people are just going to like get through it. And so I I like this moon. I, I think this moon is going to feel really intense for some people. And I think for other people, it's going to be, um, I think for other people, it's going to be like a real kind of liberation in some regards. Now, don't forget Pluto's at 25 degrees, he's retrograde, but he's also, you know, two degrees away from the United States is um, Pluto. And he's going to be sitting on that 27 degree for most of 2022. And so, you know, we're already, we're going to start seeing a lot, I think a lot of big changes in the country. Um, And I think those things are really, they're starting to manifest now. so as we get over to 2023 2024 i think we're going to be on the other side of that kind of integrating those changes so i think personally um you're going to see with this moon i think it's kind of an invitation to kind of you know change your family dynamic you see so many people moving right now so many people that's why the housing market is so crazy People well, are- that in com- combined with so many, not enough people are moving because there's just not enough houses on the market right, right now. Right. Which is all, it's all cancer, right? It's all cancer. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know, people are getting houses in unusual ways. And I think that that also feeds into that Uranus Saturn. It's about creating foundation, but doing it in unusual ways. If you would have told me 
you know, a week and a half ago that I would buy, I would be buying a house that I hadn't seen before I wanted to make an offer. If you would have told me that I would actually have my friends, our oldest friends buying this house and then turning around two days later and selling it to us because they are so like, let's get, we don't care what happens. We just want you here. They just want us here. And it's like, you know, if, for for that to happen, I I would never have conceived of conceived of that ever. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I just had to get in the vortex and just be like Uranus, Mars. You know, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I went ahead. I looked at Jan Spiller's book of this new moon astrology, and I've I already kind of outlined. I may, I do too. And so if you don't have this book, get this book. It is so, it's written so simply and so beautifully. Say it again, Corey, for people. So they're not like, oh my God, I didn't get that. She said, new moon astrology, the secret of astrological timing to make all of your dreams come true by Jan Spiller, S-P-I-L-L-E-R. Super, super awesome woman. She's no longer here on this plane, but she's awesome. Yeah. And she, this book is, it's written very plainly. And I like, she's, she's, I really like, simple. yeah, she's simple. I like her. Yeah. Concise words. I am a fan. Um, so one of the things that here, I'll tell you what she recommends working on for this cancer new moon. Now this book is just for new moons. She's got this whole thing. It's about making wishes versus making affirmations. Um, the difference being that wishes are more of a uh, receptive magic, like you put something out there into the universe and you let the universe provide, whereas affirmations are more um, assertive magic. You're you're trying to make something I change. think I think your will is involved in an affirmation. Yes. And yes. I think that magic is, at least my interpretation is, magic is more about desire. Hmm. Mm. Well, I think that they both of these things work well together. I don't think one is more or less, but it's like you I don't think you can make magic with just one. You can't just assert yourself onto the universe. You have to be willing to receive what the universe has for you (laughs) and is willing to give that is part of the and I think Corey, that's to speak to that, that's part of the alchemical process. Right? That's the the alchemy is when those things form something together and to create something. And so one of the things that I said, I'm just going to say this, then you can do your Jan Spiller thing. One of of the things that I said the whole time, which I think really freed me, because I think when you're manifesting things in 5D instead of 3D, it's kind of a different bow game. And one of the things that I kept saying, and people know this, but it's always important to remind people, this or something better. What's, what is to my highest and greatest good with joy? I always say that. I want this to my highest and greatest good with joy. This or something better. That's oh what God. I always write in my journal. And so I had seen many things that I loved, but I got, I got exactly what I had like seen in my mind's eye. It was like literally, and I even said, you know, I was looking at all these things to get a list together, to go down there, to look at with the real estate agent. And she called me like the day, the day before everything started happening. And I said to her, I said, I just don't think my house is on the market yet. I said, I think it's still percolating. And then bam, that night came on the market and I just knew. Mm. it. Yeah. Anyway, talk about 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, what to wish for when the new moon is in Cancer? She says things around home and family, safety, growing, intimacy and caring skills, feelings and moods, nurturing and releasing insecurity. And she gives like a bunch of different examples, which I like because, um, you know, it gives you some ideas to like, you know, jumping points, I suppose. Um, she uses the term, I want to easily fill in the blank a lot. Like she uses that phrase a lot. Um, so I went ahead and I had kind of planned mine out. I'm not sure I'm going to let that like sit with them. And then on the new moon, I'll actually write them out. And I burn them because I burn all my intentions or my wishes always even if it's for releasing or for manifesting that's just how I like to put them out there can I, um, can I say something to that yeah yeah so one of the phrases I've always used for many 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 years is um with ease and effortlessness mm. mm-hmm. I like that I don't <laughs> I like that. I immediately got uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm okay with some effort. No, I'm so sick of putting forth effort. Come on. What is that? My sense of deserving. I'll be honest with you. You know, one of the things somebody said to me many, many years ago is I said something about it being hard and it said, it's only hard if you make it hard. It doesn't have to be hard. And that's something I've really been struggling with, with this move. It's like, I'm, I'm super, I've got a, I've got a, fiery moon and a fiery ascendant. And I go from, you know, zero to a hundred degrees in two seconds if I'm pissed. And so I just have to remember, this may be the last really big magical move that we make in our lifetime. And so I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy the magic instead of just being swept up in it. I want to give gratitude for it and enjoy the process because this is this is one of those times in my life where I know I'm only going to have three or four of these times in my life, and this is one of them. So yeah. let's let's make it a beautiful experience. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's laugh about it. You know, we were just looking through all of Joel's T-shirts. He has a T-shirt issue. He he can't ever let go of a T-shirt, and some of his T-shirts were just hysterical. Like like when I bought him in Sedona, which says "fuck you, you fucking fuck," and I said. <laughs> You know, the shirt is starting to, <laughs> the shirt is starting to look a little worn. And he's like, Yeah, but it's the greatest shirt ever. So we were just laughing. We're like, we're not giving that away. We're keeping that one. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Brian, my Aries has a t-shirt thing too. I I've never seen one human being have so many t-shirts and think they need to have that many t-shirts. Yes. It's a thing. Um <laughs> It's a thing. Oh, so anyway, so yeah, I I wrote up some of the things uh, that I was going to wish for. And one of the things is you were talking about taking back power. Um, Something that I'm going to work on on this new moon is I've been doing a lot of work on my ancestral wounds. And, you know, what that looks like, number one, is me healing myself. But also, you know, I started my whole ancestry.com thing. And so one of the things that I do is I will, you know, pick a handful of relatives and look at the documentation. Like there's these things on ancestry.com, they're called city directories. And a lot of them are from like the the turn of the, what would that have been, the 20th century. Um, And the city directories talk about like what a person's um, job was or what their career was or what they were doing at the time. Um, and then, you know, you've got the, the census things that talk about, you know, who lives in a house and you can see it's like, is there multiple generations in a house? Do they have servants? I had relatives with servants. 
um, one relative with servants so far, but I will look at these things and contemplate like, I wonder what kinds of trauma would have come from that lifestyle. I had a lot of relatives that were in um, the Pennsylvania area that were coal miners. Oh. They were poverty stricken. So it's like, what kind of traumas come from being poverty stricken? What kind of trauma comes from the work of being a coal miner? Lots of lung issues, lots of health issues. These people were struggling. And then I had, you know, a relative who, um, I guess it would have been my great, great grandfather was the first person to own a uh, supermarket in Brooklyn. Like he was the first person, like there were farmer's markets and there was this market, there was the fish place, but he was the first person to open and own a supermarket that had like everything. And this dude had a lot of money. He also owned a lot of land. He had farms that would feed this, you know, supermarket that he had in Brooklyn. Oh. And he also had servants. So I'm like, okay, well, what kind of healing needs to be done based on him having servants? Does like, do I, is there, is there um, a certain penance that I have to pay a certain homage that I have to give the people that serve that part of my family you know so that's like the ancestral work that I've been doing and it's more of a you know I would consider that energetically more of like full moon work you know when you're kind of right. pulling things out but in this new moon one of the things that I that came to me was like oh I what if I by healing these things and, and bringing access to a power that my generation my family has had that has been blocked by our trauma that has been blocked okay. by our wounds and what if i can bring that power of my lineage to life so that is something i'm not not sure how that's going to play out because it just kind of came to me so i'll have to see how it organically comes together but um you know it's perfect because you know cancer is about our roots it's about you know our ancestors as, as well as you know scorpio and eighth house is about that too but um it's more about legacy but you know that you know, the, um, you know, my maternal line, that's where that lives is in that fourth house. So, um, that's something I'm going to be working on and I will follow up and let you know how it goes. I love that. I love it that you're, you're going there. I think it's really, and maybe the Aquarius full moon will be where it all culminates for you. And you're able to release some of, of that stuff. Maybe the, the, this time right now is just about, you being able to set intentions around, you know, working on that part of your wound and establishing. That's, my nodes are there. My south node is in cancer. So for me, that's like, you know, my, my past life feminine wounds, my yeah, past life healing. mother wounds. Plus the, and yeah. don't you ever wonder if those things from your south are things that you've brought into this life and have manifested for you because you've had a lot of that struggle and yeah. it's almost like this time this time around it's really about you healing ancestral wounds like this could be a this wound that you have in your family and with your mother you know your mother's parents i mean it could be that that is like something from beyond this this lifetime that you brought in to like really get 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 to the bottom of this time so that's exciting i think that's really and especially as you're going into the chiron return that is like you know that is like um wow that is a whirlpool of 
of south node and stuff sometimes and so if you're already getting whiffs of that and getting the ability to kind of really focus on how you want uh to vision that that healing to happen i think that this is a perfect moon for that well yeah and so just i guess to get into a little bit of the aquarian full moon so you know this is happening in cancer and capricorn which is the axis of of family of you know, family of origin and mother and father and stuff. And then the Aquarian full moon is going to happen in my fourth house, my fourth and 10th house. So it's more, it's like the, the continuation of that. Final, yeah. It's like, you're going to tee it up and manage it. And then you're going to, you're going to do your full moon thing. Right. Yeah. So the, so that's happening on the 23rd. That is my, the anniversary of my father's mother's death. It's also my parents' Ooh. anniversary, but, and it, and my, how do I put this? So, you know, I got a thing for St. George because St. George, you mm. know, is a familial thing. Um, St. George's day is April 23rd, but the 23rd of any month is, um, St. You can revere or give reverence or what is it? Venerate. You can venerate St. George. So it's like, and, and George was my grandmother's husband. So I really find that to be very synchronistic and that there's definitely some things that well, um, I will I, be purging out on behalf of them. Well, let, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the Aquarius full moon. We don't have to go. We can just stick the tip in. Um, <laughs> I'm I have dirty. I'm sorry. Um, so the moon is going to be at one degree of uh, Aquarius. Pluto. Conjunct my Jupiter. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Pluto is at 25 degrees in 25 minutes. So that is seven, seven. 14.5. So, so that's like, oh that's change, you know, that's change. So, so that to me is really interesting, but psyche is at three degrees of, um, psyche is at three degrees of Leo and the sun is going to be at one degree of Leo. And so, you know, psyche is our soul and to have psyche hanging out with the sun at this lunation in the sign that's opposite of the, you know, I, mm. I love, I love that, that heart really like your heart releasing stuff from your heart, old stuff, you mm. know, transformation, transformation of the soul, transformation of the emotions. I, 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 I kind of love that. I think that's kind of really awesome. And, you know, um, you've got, you've got, um, series is going to be in there at 27 degrees. Uh, you know, I just think that that she's at 27 degrees of Taurus during the Aquarius full moon, which is happening by the way, on Friday, the 23rd of July, um, 10 36 PM Eastern standard time, 7 36 PM Pacific standard time. We didn't mention that. Uh, but then you've got, you've got series involved in this as well. Um, it's it's just interesting. There's some there's some interesting, and of course, Eris is always involved in this because, you know, she's squaring Pluto pretty much all year long, just for just for giggles, and um, you know, it's it's really there's some great there's a great there's some there's like a mystic rectangle. There's a couple grand trines happening, um, you know, uh, Earth trine, grand Earth trine happening with Capricorn, Virgo, and and Taurus. So there's going to be some real grounding of all of that energy, all that electrical energy that's happening. Um, 
I think from this, this Cancer Moon and also as we get into the Aquarius Full Moon. So I think it's really gonna be interesting to see how this all, it all plays out. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be interesting for I sure. I think so too, I think so too. And you know, Pluto or Pluto, no, um, I was gonna say, I think, I is it this lunation? I think it's this lunation is like so close. I mean, that's, you know, it's one degree away, one degree away from the Aries point because the Aries point is the beginning of the Zodiac, which is zero degrees of Aries, but it's also zero degrees of any of the cardinal signs. So with this, uh, this is going to be happening. Oh, it's happening in Aquarius. So it's just off. It's off. Pardon me. I'm talking trash now. That's okay. There's a lot of lines on these charts. I tell you what. Well, the problem is for me, Black Moon. Well, no, and I, I think it's maybe it's no, it's not Jupiter. There's one planet. I think maybe it's this last minute. I was looking at it, and it, it was like right, like close to the Aries point. And yeah, so anyway, we'll let that go. But um, it's the sun. It's the sun. That's what it is. So the sun is at one degree. Oh, yes. The sun is at, no, the sun is in Leo. Forget it. I'm lying. I'm just lying. I'm lying. There's something there. It's trying to speak to you, but you well, know that, what? Maybe it'll be, be more clear as we get closer. Because that's it, what I'm finding. It's like these energies will all look very confusing. What the hell am I going to do with that until it starts to get closer? And then all of a sudden, you, when you feel into it, it's like, oh, that's what I was trying to find there. Oh, I thought it was this moon, but it, it, it might be the Aquarius moon. I thought it was the, I think it's the Aquarius moon. Anyway. Vesta is at two degrees of um, of Libra, so she's like right there. But um, again, I think both of these moons have a lot to do with the home and family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. mean, you know, you've got you've got the Sun and Psyche in Cancer, and then you know you've got the Moon and Pluto across. It's it's interesting. Chericlo is also going to be conjunct um, conjunct the Moon. So that that's going to be really about holding space. And, you know, because of Aquarius being um, like the future, I think it's about create you know, boundaries for the future. Yep. Yeah, I get that. It's an, it's, that. An, it's an interesting time, but I really, I'll be curious to see in our next discussion, how, everything that's happened during the cancer full moon is going to be for you. Now, this, the, the way that things are going for us, we may be closing on the house, the new house. Um, like if not on this day that within, within a couple of days of this, this, this full moon. So that's, mm. be, so that's like new, new for us. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, that will be interesting. Yeah, so you will have one more episode and then we might need to take a little hiatus for you to work or for you to move. I mean, I, you know, I'll be flexible, <laughs> but I know that you'll have a lot to do. Yes, but I think one of the, I mean, I'm already in, in it to win it, right? Because I'm a Capricorn, got to gotta get it done. Um, but it's nice to have, it's nice to pop out. Like I have a client coming over tonight who, I don't have a lot of clients that come over to the house. Uh, because most of my clients live in other states, but I do have a client who I love, who's been a client of mine for many years. 
and um, I haven't seen her for a while. She's got lots of really interesting things happening in her life and with her family. And um, she's, you know, the, it's funny, the more and more that I talk to people, the more it's like, oh, my son's moving there or, you know, um, my daughter just moved there or I found out my nephew and his wife are moving to uh, a state very close to us. They're only going to be about three hours away from us. So I'm just kind of like, I didn't know they were moving either. So it's kind of like, um, it's interesting, the migration pattern that's happening. It's the mass exodus, everybody was like, you know, I think when you get stuck in your home for long enough, you figure out whether it works or not. Yeah. Well, they say that people are particularly in large cities like San Francisco, I'm sure Seattle, um, you know, Washington, D.C., a lot of people are leaving the cities and moving out to the country because they don't have to be in the office. And certainly that's one of the reasons why Mr. Fox and I are moving is because we are both, you know, working from home if we choose to. So um, that has made things, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's like if we can work anywhere, why would we work here? Why wouldn't we go somewhere else? Right, right. Do our job. Let's go someplace where we have friends and family that we want to hang out with, right? So it's it's really interesting time, and I think that's really what's one of the things that's really driving the market so hard right now, is that people are just like, let's let's move out, let's go someplace warmer, let's go someplace that's closer to you know our people, our, our space with space. I mean, I think that I during the pandemic, during the, like the actual lockdowns. I really felt for people that live in apartments. Like, I mean, at least I could go outside. I have a lot of space to, to roam and to breathe. You know, if I was stuck in an apartment, that's gotta be tough. So I'm sure that is helping fuel it too. Now that people don't have to be so uh, city centric. Yeah. Why would I stay in this little overpriced apartment where I have no space? If we get locked down again, at least I can go outside. Like, oh, terrible. You know, I, I totally, I totally agree with you, but I think that that this full moon and cancer is kind of a culmination of, of that, or pardon me, the new moon and cancer is like a culmination as we move into Aquarius, because, you know, we're moving into the age of Aquarius and it's all about the group. It's all about, um, finding your peeps and being yeah. with your peeps. And, uh, you know, I, I see people wanting to be closer to the folks that they they love to spend time with, not necessarily just family, but friends. And, you know, I see as we move forward, um, you know, it's like we're going to be like in pods. There's going to, you know, we might travel and go do things from time to time, but there's just going to be a, like a pod. It's almost like it reminds me of when I was a kid and we lived in the same town as both of my grandparents. And, you know, I could... I literally was under the age of 10. I could ride my bike. We lived in the country, but I could ride my bike into town across a giant highway, um, which now I would never even imagine somebody would allow their children to ride a bike. No, how these things have changed so much. I kind of feel bad for these kids. They're safer, but it's got to be boring. Well, we used to, we used to go in, we'd work, we do our chores, we get our, we get our money and then we go, we ride our bike in, we'd go to the dime store, spend, spend our allowance at the dime store, get our candy, get our gum, whatever it is that we wanted. And then, you know, I would go see my friends. I go to my friend's house that were in town. We go play tennis or we go play basketball or 
we'd ride our bikes or we'd go, you know, we'd go out to the Isaac Walton and go fishing or we'd do all kinds of stuff. And then if I got hungry or I got hot, I'd ride over to my grandma's house. She had air conditioning, she had food, she had pop. And then after that, I would go over to my other grandma's house and she would have cake and she would have cookies and she would be like, you know, my stop. And then it would be like, I had to be home by five. So like by 4.30, I had to be on that bike and heading to, to heading to the house, right? But I mean, I would be gone all day long, nine years old, all day yep. long. Nobody, no phones, no cell phones. Nobody knew where the hell I was. But, yeah. you know, I, I had incredible freedom. And this lockdown, getting through this lockdown and doing this, I just feel right now, I feel so much freedom, getting rid of stuff, getting rid of things, giving things that are really beautiful and I worked hard for that I don't don't serve me anymore, giving those things to people who need them, people who, yeah. who will value them. That makes me so happy, really does. Yeah, sorry, I had a big yawn there, woof. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to my daughter. Uh, she is a little bit more adventurous than my youngest son. And she um, likes to go hop on her bike and go check out her little friends. And they go to the, you know, the, what is it? It's like a quickie mart, I guess. And I, every time she goes, I'm like, you're not buying cigarettes, are you? And she's like, what? Who even buys cigarettes? <laughs> so, um, but I was talking to her recently about my childhood. It's like, how did my kid get to almost 14 years old and really know very little about me? And she, you know, we were talking and she's like, wow, mom, I never knew this stuff about you. I can't believe it. Um, but one of the things I told her that absolutely floored her was that I flew alone from California to New Jersey at four years old. She was like, how did they even let people like, and she's like, I can't imagine flying by myself now. And I'm, you know, going to be 14 next month. I'm like, it was a different, different but world. But you know what? My nephew or my nephew, my cousin used to do that because his mom lived in California. His dad lived in Indiana and he, yeah. lived, he lived with his dad for many, many years. And then he would fly out for the summer to visit his mom. And they would, you know, he'd have like a thing around his neck and they yep. would, they would um, have to transfer him. So he would have the stewardess lady do but, you know, I remember when we were younger and we would go to the, the airport, how you would see lots of children. There would be like four yeah. or five kids on a plane and they were all the responsibility of the stewardess. And they all had those yes. little collars on, lanyards on. And you just never see that anymore. I mean, it's just, no, I don't even know. It's not a thing. That. I don't even think no. they do that. Well, and I, you know, like I was saying, Lizzie has started to go ride her little bike to the store. And the whole time she's gone, I'm like, make sure you turn on your location services on your phone. So it's like, I can cyber stalk her. And, you know, I'm like a little panicky until she's back into my safe space. It's like, Jesus, how did my parents had no clue where I was ever. My mom never ever. knew where the hell I was. She was just like, I don't care as long as you're home for dinner. Like, it would okay. be interesting. I mean, not now because like, well, we've taken up enough time, but it would be interesting to ponder like what happened? I wonder if there's astrology that could show what Probably. happened to Probably. change that, you know, what's the, the invention of the, the helicopter parent? Was it because we come from a generation of people that weren't parented that way? I don't know. I, I find the whole thing very interesting because 
if we can get a handle on what that change was, then we can maybe do some predictions on how things are going to go. <laughs> that was yeah. I think that would probably be a generational, like an outer planet thing. But I will, yeah. I will, I will say this. One of the things that I notice in a lot of kids don't have resilience. They don't bounce very good, and or very well, I should say. They don't bounce back from things. It's it's kind of like they need parental intervention. And my my mom was very hands off and she was a school teacher, but she was very hands off. And so if you got into a scrape with somebody or disagreement with somebody, or if something happened, you just had to, you just had to find a way to figure your way out of it. Right. Yeah. Like there were yeah. some parents involved. And so, I mean, I was a pretty good kid, so that didn't happen to me very much, but my brothers got into a lot of kind of interesting situations. And, um, you know, I think that having to, think on your feet when you're eight, nine, 10, sometimes younger, it, it, it makes you a different person. Wow. It, it gives you maybe some life skills that other people don't necessarily have until later in life. Yeah. So it's, it's, well, it's, but it also comes with trauma. It does. In some cases it comes with trauma. So it's like, wh where's the balance? You know, if we are, it, it's going back to that pendulum. It's like my generation is a pendulum moving away from what we received the parenting we received but that comes with baggage you know it does come with kids who are less likely to um be self-guided or self-directed um but then they don't have the trauma that we had so where's like where's that going to settle out so that there are kids that are resilient that take initiative that are responsible for themselves and don't have the trauma of pretty much being neglected or ignored or, you know, um, under cared for. So I think it, I think it's a very, very interesting thing. Although My I daughter, I think under cared for people, if they can figure it out are very interesting. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> that is true. So my daughter, uh, just say the last thing I'm gonna say. My daughter got really bad grades. I was kind of shocked by it. And one of the things that you know during this pandemic, she has kind of railed against me helping her. Um, and you know, whereas my youngest son went from his grades being iffy to improving through the year as we worked together and found things. And I'm very proud oh, of him because I know that was a real struggle. But yeah, right but her grades got worse and she railed against me helping her and she railed against micromanagement. She will not have that shit. Um, and so I sat there with her report card oscillating between feeling super guilty. Like I should have forced her to be get better grades and feeling like, no, I'm not, I, sh I shouldn't have to force her to get better grades. I shouldn't have to force her to do the work. I, you know, I've put structures in place. I would offer to help. She didn't want my help and she failed. So, you know, it is it's a weird place as a parent to be like so no you should have been on top of her you should have forced her to blah blah you should have disciplined her and you should have yeah or i could let her fail because i offered to help her and she wouldn't take it so, like i don't know how to feel she's learning from that experience yes yes she is because she felt um she did not like the experience of failing she's trying to um you know she didn't fail everything but she did get an f which is it's her first F and she doesn't want to face it. And I can see it in her. I'm not forcing her. I'm not like rubbing her face in it. I'm not even punishing her. She, it, you failed. And now you get to live with that and learn from it. 
and and I you know but I still struggle with should I punish her for getting those grades like I don't know part of me thinks that the school system is bullshit so it would be really hypocritical for me to punish her for failing something that I think is inherently stupid (laughs) I used to be I used to be a teacher and I, I I'll be honest with you I I don't think in the world that we are moving into I I I don't see I'm more of the the British type of educational system kind of state of mind. In Britain, you learn to you learn to um, expand your mind and expand who you are as a person. It's more of a an experience. Education is an experience, and there are some people who experience education and decide that they want to go on and do something technical or you know, go do a job, be a, a sweet, you know, go sweep the streets that, you know, the guys who swept the streets, they still had a bow tie on, they still look good. And they, you know, and then there are the people who go to Cambridge and they really are interested in pursuing, you know, education as a result of just making them a better, better, well, more well-rounded person. And in America, we go to school so we can get into another school. So then we can get a job so we can make money. Right end of the story and we're it's a completely different mindset it's a completely different paradigm and so having experienced both of those things because i did study in in europe i was blown away by that i mean the gal at the grocery store was respected just as much as the businessman with the you know the fancy car in the parking lot who came in to to buy something from her it was like Mm. there there was mutual respect there where in america i feel like people think they're better than other people in those and i was really that was one of the things about europe that i really appreciated i mean i really appreciated that because i thought you know that guy is the he's got a bow tie on and he's cleaning the street and people are respectful and treat him with respect and yeah. i don't know i don't know that you'd get the same thing but i'm the kind no, you of definitely kid, would not i'm the kind of kid who always talked to the janitor and i still do like i still know who the janitor is where i work and i'm always like hey how's it going i i want to have a relationship with those people because those are the people that know what's going on and when something goes wrong in my office boy if i call them they're there in five seconds to fix it for me you know what i mean it's like those are are the people that that and you know i don't come from fancy people anyway Mm. you know i grew up on a farm we're just lucky to be alive we had so many tetanus (laughs) shots we almost like died in the corn crib i mean you know we would we would get ourselves into these crazy situations and we just like don't tell mom don't tell mom we did that so mom would find out later that we almost died like a hundred times and she'd be like, I have no idea. I was like, that you never knew where we were. Why would you have any idea if we were gonna almost dying, right? Yeah. So, so you know, but that that comes with a lot of um, early life experience on on how to get out of tough situations. So it does it does pay off, but it, it can be a little harrowing later in life when you're like, I can't believe we just we used to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I had don't regret any of the trouble I got into, the things that I was narrowly escaped. But you know, there was definitely a sense of of feeling neglected by my parents, but my parents actually did neglect me. So um, it wasn't just that they weren't paying attention all day. They weren't paying attention ever. So, but that's another story. Interesting when you get older, Corey, don't you think? And you start to realize just like Lizzie saying that to you about mom, I never knew you went through that. There's like a point in life where you start to come out of your Zen phase and you're like, 
my parents are real people. They have lives. They've had problems. Yeah. Had bad yeah. It's like all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, you have a name. I remember my friend, um, my friend's <laughs> son, who's my godson, you know, he, he loves foxes. He collects foxes and he has, since he was a little boy, he has like really like fancy, expensive glass foxes. And his mom told him when he was about nine, he said, he said, well, you know, Aunt, Aunt Jen would really love that because, you know, her last name is Fox. And he just looked at me and then he looked at his mom and he looked at, you know, and she goes, yes, that's right. Her name isn't Aunt Jenny. It's, it's Jennifer Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like that yes. moment where it dawned on him that, oh my God, yes. she's like a real human and she's got a life and she's married. And it's like, she has a last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. There, and there's still so much I don't know about my father, especially so, and that I'm, I'm working on that because our time is limited. Well, I'm really glad uh, that you're working on that. And I think that's going to be a huge factor in that Chiron return of yours. I think that's going to be big. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too, but I'll have to save that for the next episode. So do you have any final thoughts or are we good? The only thing I want to say is I've been really struggling for the last few years trying to uh, manifest things in 5D. And I think I finally, it's kind of, there's a lot of that, like you talked about before, there's a lot of letting go and getting out of the universe's way. And, mm -hmm. and, and realizing that whole like idea of this is, this is what I'm ordering, but this or something better. This, you know, I'm going to get out of the way. And if, because there's so many things that have happened in the last couple of weeks that I never would have conceived of. I never would have thought I would have this opportunity. Thank you, Uranus. I never would have thought, um, gosh, this would I get like, this, don't this forget to thank Uranus. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Uranus. I want to thank Uranus. I want to thank Mars. I want to totally thank Venus and even that son of a bitch Saturn. I feel like I'm giving an <laughs> speech, but yeah, I do feel like that too. So, yeah. And I really want to thank Jupiter. I want to thank Jupiter because I am ruled by Jupiter because I have a Sagittarius ascendant. He is one of my rulers. And, you know, I think, I think him popping into Pisces really, he was super close to my North node, very close to my natal Mars. And I think him doing that really gave me an extra kick in the pants because I, mm -hmm. I was really, I was really afraid to do this. It's it's like totally rerouting us and completely changing our lives. We've lived here for 15 years. We've never lived somewhere that long ever in our whole married life. And so more than half of our married life, we've lived here and that's a lot yeah. for us. So this yeah. is, a, it's a big shakeup for, for the foxes. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm glad that we've got these placements. I'm glad for this T-square because even though it's been uncomfortable, if I just allow, and that's the hardest thing for me is to allow, to let go of the control and just allow things to happen and have faith, have faith that the universe has wonderful things in store for each of us. If we just get out of its way, you know? Yes. Yes. Beautiful. I think that is the perfect note to end upon. So if you've been listening all the way through, thank you for listening. And until next time. I'm Corey Hawkins. And I'm Jennifer Fox. And y'all stay curious.